welcome to Stoner Chicks, the podcast for stoners by Stoner Chicks. I'm Grace Penzel. I'm Phoebe Richards. I'm Kayla Teal. And I'm Stephanie Thompson. And we love you so much. We're so glad you're here celebrating this stony day with us. We've been having a great time in the month of February when this is coming out, as has been pointed out to me. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, yeah, we are so grateful to all of you. We're also having a blast over on Patreon, where we've got a few exciting things to listen to, bonus episodes. Uh, I do a little game called Down the Random Hole. And then what's the other main one that's up over there right now? Prank Call. Oh, yeah. We um we do a <laughs> truth or dare. It's a sleepover episode. And Grace does a great prank call. I oh do a great God. prank call. It's humiliating. You should check it out. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, if you want to support the podcast and get that extra content, go to patreon.com slash stonerchicks. Um, I know that a few weeks ago on our episode, we talked about our childhood crushes and Phoebe had forgotten to mention <laughs> something about Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Phoebe. Well, I remembered this story like the next day, and this is a thing that happened to me like five-ish years ago, and for a while after it happened, I would daily think about it and laugh. But for whatever reason, like I said, about five years ago, one day I I must have been high and or drunk, and I for some reason made a picture of Jonathan Taylor Thomas, my like um, screensaver wallpaper on my phone. So if my phone was like charging or off, it Hot. was a picture. Yeah. And it was this like really, it was probably about 14, probably about the age when Stephanie wrote a letter. He was probably, yeah, he was at that same age that when Stephanie wrote to him, he's wearing like a backwards newsy type hat. What are those called? Like a newsboy hats. Newsboy yeah. hat. Yeah, yeah. It's like backwards and he's wearing like all like tans and browns and he's kind of like leaning. He's got sort of the blonde locks <laughs> out. Whatever. It was dumb. One day I was at work, I worked at the Dahlia Bakery, and one of my coworkers who, I remember what she looks like, I don't even remember her name anymore, which I feel weird about, but she just, like, looked down and saw that picture and goes, oh, is this your girlfriend? (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, it made me laugh so hard that she was just so sure it was some lady I was dating, and I always thought about that. Uh, oh my god yeah, it just made me laugh really hard like 14 year old jtt also kind of looks like a 2019 lesbian <laughs> <laughs> do you feel that your childhood crushes have informed who you're attracted to later in your adult life mm. i don't think so because no. i was really into the blonde boys as a kid and i haven't had that happen in a while i don't think is this a, this might be a weird question that i'm asking are we going no there's a there's an internet trend right now where people are posting like a picture of their childhood crush and then who they ended up with and to see to compare like if there's any correlation huh okay i was just gonna say that my what i kind of crushed on as a teenager or a child versus what i kind of crush on now is very different Because now I definitely crushed on the like kind of teeny boppy people back in the day. But now I'm very much interested in the very unique looking people. If they have Mm. a longer nose or bigger ears or interesting hair or whatever, (laughs) uh, I'm more interested in that. For some reason, I don't (laughs) like the like 
classic teeny boppy look anymore. I go more into the like, what's unique? What makes you stand out? You're not into boring fucking hair anymore. <laughs> I'm not into the same haircut. Yeah, because back in the 90s, it was the same bowl cut all right. those teeny boppers had. They had the same bowl cut. They all looked the same. And you could barely tell them apart. Like, really, could you tell Devin Sawa away from Leonardo DiCaprio or JTT? Well, yes, they I all could. look the same. I know that you could. <laughs> one I was in love with and one I wanted to punch. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, you hate Casper and want to punch him. <laughs> I love Devin Sawa. We've, this has come up like four times on this I know podcast. it has. It has. Let's move on. <laughs> what do you think teeny bopper means? <laughs> <laughs> I think teeny bopper means exactly that picture that Phoebe was talking about, where it was, it's like, a, hey, you, I could be in your bedroom. I could be in... <laughs> You know, I could when... be bopping you. <laughs> but what does it mean? Like a teenage bopper, like doo-wop, a bop? That's what I think. Yeah, I think it's probably, f- I- I'm guessing, going to come, <laughs> come from like the 50s when like, yeah, the like rock and roll doo-wop. We should do more things where there's phrases we don't know the origin of and we do wrong answers only for what they mean. Yeah, wrong answers only on the etymology of things. Bong answers only. Bong answers only. Yeah, a teeny bopper is someone who loads like a teeny little ball and you kind of laugh at them. And then even though it's so small, they still manage to only smoke like half of it. And you're like, what a teeny bopper. And then, yeah, they they bop out after after their teeny hit. I love it. Well, speaking of doo-wop, I I think it's time for some good old fashioned weed in the news. Welcome back to Weed in the News, folks. It's your <laughs> anchor, your armchair stoner anchor, Kayla. And uh, I've got another uh, kind of a theme today, uh, sort of. And I want to preface this week's Weed in the News with a, a kind of warning that there are some maybe touchier or, yeah, I would say touchy subjects in this week's Weed in the News. We're funny about weed. We are very lucky to be able to smoke it legally but there's a lot of dark things that pop up in the news about weed and things i do have opinions on but are touchier and i just want to say that i don't uh i am not a medical professional i'm not a parent and even though i'm giving my thoughts i am not giving any medical advice i don't have that authorization that fair no really you're not a doctor (laughs) i forgot to mention that i'm not a doctor to all of you Um, Okay, so this first article, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm going to tear it apart. (laughs) The title is Marijuana Use During Pregnancy Linked to Autism in Children Study. This is from Forbes, and the first red flag is it's by a man named Tommy Beer, former employee (laughs) of Forbes. I mean, of course I can't judge someone for their name, but it's a funny combo. But instead of saying, like, staff writer, it says former employee. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, TLDR, the study he references in this clickbaity title, is not a study. (laughs) It is a article from Nature Medicine. And the article in Nature Medicine is titled Maternal Cannabis Use in Pregnancy and Child 
neurodevelopmental outcomes. A non-biased headline, but that's just them telling you what they were observing. And what they did is they used provincial birth registry information from Ontario, Canada, all the births that took place between April 1st, 2007 and March 31st, 2012, and just made some observations. They were looking at mothers who admitted to using cannabis at some point during their pregnancy and mothers who didn't. And then they were looking at how many of those babies uh, were autistic. So what they observed is that out of a thousand kids whose mothers admitted to using cannabis at some point during their pregnancy, four of them were autistic. Out of a thousand kids whose mothers did not admit to using cannabis during their pregnancy, 2.4 of those kids were autistic. And they say in their paper, we emphasize a cautious interpretation of these findings given the likelihood of residual confounding. And I looked up what residual confounding is. And it means that there were additional confounding factors that were not considered and there was no attempt to adjust for them because data on these factors was not collected. So these findings could be merely coincidental, which is what I think. <laughs> um, we don't know if the women in the study were telling the truth. This is something they told their doctors when cannabis was still illegal. And there's no information on the method of ingestion. We don't know what kind of cannabis they were consuming, whether they were using whether they used cannabis one time throughout right. their pregnancy or if they used it every day throughout their pregnancy. We have mm -hmm. no way of knowing that. So also, um, how were the subjects sourced? What was the pool? It's in a specific region. What was their family histories? Other drugs, pharmaceuticals that they... I mean, the, the questions are endless as to... Yeah, because this was not a study done on cannabis and pregnancy. It was just them looking at birth records and neurodivergent outcomes in the kids. And then this guy, Tommy Beer, writes a <laughs> B-E-E-R, writes a headline, marijuana use during pregnancy linked to autism in children. He mm. didn't, he glanced at this study and then drew that conclusion and presented it as fact, which is something I'm realizing, after, especially after that sleep study article we did in the last week in the news, that journalists are not like looking into this and really considering what these studies are saying. They're just trying to get you to click on their shit. You know what I mean? Yep, or yep. they're projecting their own stigma about cannabis onto it. To me, they both, both the article you're talking about from last time and this one seem very clickbaity and like lazy articles. Yeah. Like, obviously, I'm talking out of my ass, but like, is there actual evidence about this at all? Yes. So there is actually another Forbes article from that was published before this one by Janet Burns, senior contributor. A, love her name is Burns, and that she's a senior <laughs> contributor and not a former employee. Um, her article is titled, Using Cannabis While Pregnant Does Not Impair Children's Cognition, Decades of Studies Suggest. And she writes, Across the U.S., children and their parents routinely face separation and other forms of punishment due to legal and medical policies around prenatal cannabis exposure and the notion that cannabis use during pregnancy may harm children's development. But according to a review of research to date, there's no evidence to support this belief about cannabis, nor the inarguably harmful policies which rely on it. After nearly six years of comparing study results, researchers at Columbia University, the New York State Psychiatric Institute, and Swinburne University have found that prenatal cannabis exposure does not lead 
to cognitive impairment in children based on data from decades worth of studies on this issue. Um, And then she goes on to say, published this month in the journal Frontiers in Psychology, the systematic review revealed that a vast majority of studies on this topic found no significant statistical differences between kids who were reportedly exposed to cannabis during pregnancy and those who were not. Less than 5% of comparable studies in this area showed any statistical difference between children's scores on cognitive tests. Importantly, these included both slight dips and improvements in scores, and all but 0.3% of study results still fell in the normal range, which I think means that some kids were smarter, some kids were dumber. (laughs) Kind of like, you might get more sleep, you might get less sleep. I don't know. Yeah. But there is a study actually happening at University of Washington right now that's ongoing, and it might be the most comprehensive pregnancy and cannabis study to date. And they're still seeking participants. So you can Google University of Washington pregnancy and cannabis study and find out more information about that. Something that I was thinking about when you told us we were going to be talking about this, Kayla, was like, I feel like I have been influenced in the past to have that kind of automatic mentality about you know quote-unquote drugs and pregnancy but then I was thinking like uh, of all the different reasons and once again I'm not saying that you should use cannabis when you're pregnant but um, of all the different reasons that someone might be using cannabis a lot of them tend to be like psychological and I take a specific psych medication that I know for a fact has been shown to be unsafe for um, to use during pregnancy. And I was just thinking, okay, what other sort of medications would you have to go off of when you're pregnant? And for pharmaceuticals, they do rigorous research into the effects on pregnancy before those things are ever coming out. And it really is part of the larger stigmatization of cannabis and sort of how it's had to be backdoored into medical legalization that there haven't we haven't had as many studies about this sort of thing anyway i just it's it's so much more complicated than uh, say you know doing opiates during pregnancy which is like very clearly a problem based on research and then the other thing is like you know i'm not on the spectrum or anything but the constant scapegoating of autism as this like thing to be so afraid of your kids getting is really problematic and using Mm -hmm. that as a scare point in a headline about cannabis use is so in line with the sort of weird fixation on autism that I feel like has been around in the last 20 years. Yeah, and the blaming of the mothers, like you must have done something wrong during your pregnancy is so ridiculous, I think. For me, uh, all of this just makes me, I mean, I don't have children. I don't plan on having children. I have always been very aware because of my feminist mama, the way society likes to blame women for pretty much everything, but especially the judgment of pregnant women from everything of like hiding your boobs in public if you're, I know they're not boobs, but (laughs) hiding your breasts (laughs) in public if you're breastfeeding and all the shame around that. And then, yeah, judgment of like, you know, if you choose to have a glass of wine in your eighth month, like people will come up and like lecture you where it's like, that's really a woman's choice. I just feel like it's so frustrating that we just don't have reliable medical research on cannabis. It's just if I I feel like if I was pregnant, what I would ideally want 
is the ability to look into it myself and get reliable information mm -hmm. to make the most informed decision about what I was going to do while pregnant. And it sucks that's not there. My one story I have that it'll be quick that I think is really interesting is I have a friend who I won't name who was pregnant. She, she was a stoner. She stopped smoking weed as soon as she found out she was pregnant. And she'd always had some sleep issues and back problems. And then like by the eighth month, her back, because of being pregnant, her back issues had become really bad. And she wasn't sleeping and she was just like really stressed. And she talked to her doctor and her doctor was basically like, well... I don't know, kind of escaped the like, there's not the right research or I can't really tell you to smoke it. But the doctor was like, the baby is inside of you. And if you're in pain and you're stressed and you're stressed. struggling, that also negatively affects the baby. Mm -hmm. I think kind of placed it as like, you need to decide for yourself, which is the like, if smoking some weed in your eighth month is going to make you able to sleep and be healthier for your child. And yeah, so I thought that was an interesting story. Seems like a great doctor to me, but also just, yeah, it just really shows the need for like, more data, I guess, better, yeah. better research on this. It's honest. Yeah, I was I immediately have the knee jerk reaction to go, you know, no, no, nothing for nothing if you're pregnant. But I'm not pregnant. I'm not a mom or whatever. But there's not enough research. We don't know. And there's also a host of other drugs that they prescribe to you all the time. Yeah, we need to know more information. There needs to be more studies. And to have these clickbaity headlines, and especially to Grace's point of what's what's the problem with like, oh, your your child is gonna be on the spectrum. What's wrong with that? Like, why do you and why do you have to worry about if you I don't know what I'm saying, but No, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, speaking of autism, I know that there's some other interesting articles that you found, Kayla, but I think before we get to that, it's time for a smoke break. <laughs> Welcome back from your smoke break. Before I move on to my next article, I just want to read some quotes from parents. Since none of us are parents, we keep re reiterating that we don't, you know, can't relate to that aspect of this issue. Um, I, there's an Instagram, which is actually where I found out about the nature medicine quote study <laughs> was from the Cannabis and Parenthood Instagram. And cause they posted about it. And then um, the person that runs that account is neurodivergent and wanted to hear from other parents who are either neurodivergent or have kids who are neurodivergent. And these were some of the feedback they got. One mom said, I used cannabis during my pregnancy to help pain, sleep, and appetite. Today, I have beautiful two-year-old twin daughters. If I didn't use cannabis, I don't think I would have been able to properly nourish myself and them with food or get adequate sleep at night. I had guilt every time I used it and felt like I needed to hide it from everyone but my mom and husband. It was so lonely. So it's nice to see posts like this. Wow. Another mom said, I am on the spectrum and I used cannabis during all of my pregnancies for symptoms associated with hypermesis. Do you guys know what hypermesis is? Mm -mm. Yeah, it's when you can't stop throwing up. Yeah, you mm. throw up for the whole nine months. Amy Schumer had oh. it, and it's horrible. Oh, God. So this mom used it for that. She said, cannabis was an amazing tool to support my body. I have four children, and only one is neurodiverse. Oddly enough, I used less cannabis during his pregnancy, but my husband is on the spectrum as well, and his mother didn't consume cannabis. My mother is neurodivergent as well as her mother. I have strong beliefs and opinions as to why myself, my child, and my family members are on the spectrum, and cannabis is not one of them. 
Another mom said, the one pregnancy I didn't use cannabis with was that of my neurodivergent child. <laughs> and then one other mom said, I have autism. My mother didn't smoke. I smoke to deal with the symptoms because there's no treatment available to me. If my child shows signs of being on the spectrum, then I will take it to mean it's genetics and not my smoking. I mean, you know, it's good to hear those perspectives. Yeah. Thank you for reading those comments. Thank you. I think there's something to say. We need to start, I think, calling it different things like plant medicine. It's plant medicine instead mm -hmm. of marijuana or pot or, or drug or whatever you want to call it. It's, you know, people are using it for medicine. And I think the reasons they use it is their personal reasons. And if they are with a doctor and I don't know, I feel like I'm it's hard. It's really hard, I think, because something that all of us are all about in stoner chicks is body autonomy and having you know choices and that's not possible in places that cannabis is illegal and kids get taken away from their parents for this exact reason and it's exactly what you were saying stephanie which is that it's an adaptogenic plant and that's what actually marie lee who i know you have another article kayla to read us but Basically, yes, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, speaking of plant medicine, the next article is by Marie Myung-Ok Lee, and it's titled, I gave my nine-year-old son cannabis to help him with his severe disability. It saved his life and mine. And this is an article from Insider.com. And Marie writes, At one time, my wake-up call was my nine-year-old son's screams. As soon as he woke, sometimes after shouting and breaking things in his room all night, the morning quiet would shatter with his voice. My instinct was to burrow deeper into the covers because nothing remotely good awaited me in the light of day. I never knew what I would find. Torn clothes, feces smeared on the walls. I dreaded getting up, but I had to. And um, so TLDR, her son Jay, has autism and an intellectual disability. And when he was 18 months old, he had to have a tumor removed from his spinal cord. Oh, my God. And she said that after that surgery, he was a completely different kid. He was in a lot of pain. He had some pretty significant digestion issues. And being neurodivergent, he was overstimulated with a lot of unbearable stimuli, which left him like a really unhappy kid. It's a really sad situation they were in. So him and his mom were in a really tough spot and she didn't know what to do. Yeah, I actually listened to a Great Moments in Weed History where they interviewed this mother and she ended up having to do her own research because they were talking about her kid needing to be institutionalized. They were getting the cops called on them. People were saying, your son's never going to ride a bike. And these medications, the like pro one proven medication that they had, one of the possible side effects was death. Mm -hmm. And so she started researching cannabis and ended up getting the help of this guy, Dr. Lester, and doing the research herself. And she would take every single thing before she gave it to him. And she was mm -hmm. doing this painstaking research of seeing what kind of cannabis would help him. And it was a really long process. But because there's no other research out there, she had to find people who were willing to help her. And it really has helped. Yeah, she got some serious judgment from doctors who she 
even brought this idea up to um, and was rejected a lot. But she finally found a doctor and a grower that, like Grace said, she worked with one-on-one. And she said, after a year of bad results, I was ready to give up, and so was his grower. There was one more strain he wanted to try, one that was a favorite of his for people with cancer and Huntington's disease. I couldn't tolerate even a drop of it. It was that strong. But we were desperate by then, and so I gave Jay a hefty dose. And he suddenly seemed happy. Things started happening at once. He slept at night. He stopped hitting his head. He started smiling again. The pain crease he always had between his eyes smoothed out. His bowel movements improved. Eating stopped being painful. And our new pediatrician charted that he'd grown almost a foot in one year. Seeing the improvements, he merely said, keep doing whatever it is you're doing. And now that Jay is 21, the publicizing of his case paved the way for autism to be added to the list of qualifying conditions for medical marijuana cards, including for kids in several states. And she said, while we have difficult moments, these happen a few times a year versus hundreds of times a day. Now I get to hear him saying, good morning, mommy, when he wakes up. He skips around the house in joy and gives me actual hugs, not the mechanical ones he was taught in school. Cannabis hasn't solved everything, but it forged a brighter path than the nightmare trajectory he was on at age nine. Wow. It's a really incredible story. She essentially made herself an expert on the topic. But she talked about, like we said, having to be afraid of getting her kid taken away from her Mm -hmm. for giving him quote unquote drugs. Mm -hmm. I think I think it's very interesting. And I want to say in terms of like us speaking on the topic of autism, something that really opened my eyes was a podcast episode of this podcast called You're Wrong About. And they have an episode talking about sort of the history of like autism awareness and just kind of exposing the history of all of that. So I would highly recommend listening to that. Why not meet autistic people where they are instead of being like, let's fix them with drugs and da 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 all this stuff why not try to make their living more easy yeah how can we make the world easier for them to live in rather than pointing fingers of like who do we blame for these kids who are you know brilliant like they just their brains work differently and it can be really beautiful thing to witness right as long as we can make sure they're not suffering so anyway thank you so much for that kayla thank you kayla Well, from that, we're going to take a much lighter note, and it's time for Strain Game. Strain Game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Strain Game edition three, question mark. Alrighty, we're going to get right into it. I got my randomizer. Bloop, 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 bloop. And first up is Kayla. Kayla, I'm going to say words. You have to let me know if what I'm saying is an item you can consume or if it's a strain name. Got it? Got it. Great. Black cherry soda. Uh, consume. It is a strain. Ah. Baked potato. (laughs) Wait, but I think that's probably also something that exists that you can consume, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, right. I guess I phrased it wrong. Which of these things is not a strain name is really all I needed to say. Okay. (laughs) Baked potato. Yeah, to clarify, (laughs) you just need to tell me if it's a strain name or not. So, Baked potato strain. It is not. (laughs) Fuck. Blue cheese. Strain. Correct. Yes. Butterscotch. 
Strain. Correct. Green tea. Not a strain. Correct. Good job. <gasps> Yay. All right. Bleep, 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 bleep. Grace, you're up. Fantastic. Tell me mm -hmm. if this is a strain name or not. Okay. Barry White. No. It is. <gasps> George Bush. No. It is. No. <laughs> Flava Flav. Yes. Is not. No. <laughs> Zero for three. Al Green. Yes. It is not. No. Connie Chung. Yes. Correct. Ding, ding. Oh. One right. <laughs> that was brutal. It's one to three. Okay. Good job. Well, Steph, you have the wild round. Again, I've created a game where there's no way to compare. So mm -hmm. I guess between Kayla and Grace, Kayla is the winner. No, duh. Steph, I'm going to name three things. You have to tell me. Which one is not a strain name? Got it. All right. Here we mm -hmm. go. Blue goo. Blue magoo. Blue who. <laughs> Blue who. <laughs> Correct. Yay. <laughs> Apollo 11. Apollo 13. Apollo 420. Apollo 420. Correct. <gasps> You're killing it. <laughs> I mean, Armageddon, Pretty Woman, L.A. Confidential. <laughs> what was the first one? Armageddon. Armageddon. Wrong. The answer is Pretty Woman is not a strain. Pretty Woman's not a strain. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a woman. All right. B.C. Sweet Tooth. B.C. Squeaky Wheel. B.C. Roadkill. B.C. Roadkill. Is a strain. Squeaky <gasps> wheel I made up. Squeaky <laughs> wheel you made up. And that has been Strain Game. <laughs> yay. 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 Gay. Yay. Oh, yay. Oh, yeah. With that, stoners, that's stoner. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yes, Mont. And <laughs> keeping this all in. We're keeping it all in. And with that, stoners, that's it for us today. But you know what? There's going to be much more next week. But if you want more, well, we have a Patreon. Uh, Patreon slash Stoner Chicks. We also have Instagram. We're at Stoner Chicks Podcast. We're at Broccoli Bods. Broccoli Broads on TikTok. <laughs> Um, we have a website, stonerchickspodcast.com. You can just email me or Phoebe or Kayla or Grace, stonerchickspodcast at gmail.com. I mean, there's just so many ways to get in touch with us. And so just do it because we're fun <laughs> and I would love it. And um, Kayla, what does stoner chicks always say? Smoked some of that. Fucking Armageddon, man, followed by some stinky George Bush. <laughs> <laughs>